Hi there, everyone, and welcome back to Conversations with Father Greg. We took a brief break last week, but we're back with a homily for Sunday, June 11th, 2023. Let's begin with a reading from Matthew chapter 9. Matthew writes, As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And Matthew got up and followed to Jesus. And as he sat at dinner in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when Jesus heard this, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick do. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have come to call not the righteous, but the sinners. While Jesus was saying these things to them, suddenly a leader of the synagogue came in and knelt before him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. And Jesus got up and followed him with his disciples. Then suddenly a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for twelve years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak, for she said to herself, If I only touch his cloak, I will be made well. Jesus turned, and seeing her, he said, Take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. When Jesus came to the leader's house and saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion, he said, Go away, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had been put outside, Jesus went in and took her by the hand, and the girl got up, and the report of this spread throughout that district. The Gospel of Christ May I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, hi there, everyone. Last week, a colleague made a passing comment that it's been just over three years since the world first learned about COVID-19. My initial reaction was disbelief because, to be honest, there are ways in which it feels more like three decades than like three years. One of the most difficult things for many of us was the need to separate ourselves from friends and family during times of quarantine. I remember how scary it was to go out in public to do things like grocery shopping in those early days. Everyone wore masks, and some wore more than one. People used face shields, gloves, and carried all kinds of sanitizers. Walking through public spaces was scary because we didn't know who had what and what we might become infected with. And God help you if you sneezed or felt a tickle in your throat because you'd be on a fast track to becoming some kind of pariah. Even once there was a vaccine, people were still petrified of this infectious, invisible disease, and many still are. Things are getting better, but as they say, we're not out of the woods yet. This whole idea of infection and quarantine can be found woven through this week's Gospel reading. We're told that as Jesus was walking along, he came across a man named Matthew and invited him to become one of his followers. We're also given one other important piece of information. Matthew was a tax collector. 
It was bad enough that the taxes that Matthew collected from his fellow Jews financially supported the occupying Roman government. But to make matters worse, many tax collectors were known for overcharging their friends and neighbors and pocketing the difference. It was as if there was a tax on the tax. He would have been tarred as a traitor, collaborating with the Roman occupation of God's chosen people. The fact that Jesus brought this man into his inner circle would have been scandalous to many. In the very next scene, we read that Jesus then sat down for dinner with tax collectors and other sinners, presumably at Matthew's house. Sharing a meal with someone was a symbolic way of building community with them. You got to know each other better, building relationships with those with whom you shared a meal. In that sense, the same thing is still true today. One of the best ways to build community is around a table. When the religious leaders found out about this shared meal, they took Jesus' other followers to task, asking them why their teacher kept such questionable company. Why would Jesus associate with crooks and misfits? Overhearing the conversation, Jesus replied directly, telling them that it's the sick that need medical care and not the healthy. He then challenged them to learn ways of mercy rather than of sacrifice. This is where we have the connection to the concept of trying to quarantine an infection. Time and again throughout the Gospels, we read about Jesus getting in trouble for the company that he kept. The recurring question was that if Jesus really was so close to God, why did he hang out with such disgraceful people? It's based on the concept that we eventually reflect the morality or the values of the people that we surround ourselves with. It's as though a good person could become infected by another person's immorality. We got a glimpse of this idea a few months back when we read about Jesus restoring sight to a man born blind. As the story of the blind man began, Jesus' followers asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? It was as though the man had been contaminated, either by his own sin or by that of his parents. So we see that even Jesus' own followers were not immune from this idea. The concept was rampant in Jesus' day, and it's not all that uncommon today. How often have you heard the old adage, you're known by the company that you keep? Prevailing wisdom was that the best precaution was to avoid morally questionable people at all costs so that the righteous may stay that way. But today we read about Jesus challenging that concept. To quote one translation, Jesus asks, Who needs a doctor? The healthy or the sick? I'm here to invite outsiders and not to coddle insiders. In so doing, Jesus refocuses the question. He didn't quarantine those who thought that they were spiritually healthy. Instead, he sought out those who needed a cure and offered them healing and community. This is just like the parable of the shepherd leaving the 99 sheep to search for the single lost one. It's the father welcoming the prodigal and Emmanuel chatting with the Samaritan woman. Now, no metaphor is perfect, but I'd like to return to our modern quarantine analogy for just a little bit longer. 
Imagine our world without the scientists who developed cures and without medical staff to deliver them. Imagine the last three years with no doctors, no nurses, no paramedics, or no frontline workers. Where would we be? So what's the application for you and I today? First, we would do well to ask who are the broken and the wounded in our society? Who are the ones in need of a doctor? The good news is that we don't have to go too far to find the answer. They're in our midst. Look around the room for a moment. You are. I am. We are all broken and bruised in some way or another. But the good news is that broken crayons still color. The good news is that as broken as we might be, we don't have to stay that way. There's hope. Two weeks ago, we celebrated the Feast of Pentecost in which God empowered faithful people through the gift of God's Spirit. It's that Spirit that offers the gift of healing. It's the work of God's Spirit bringing healing into our lives through Scripture, through prayer, through the sacraments, and through other people of genuine faith. But that's only the beginning. It was only a little earlier in Matthew's Gospel that we read about Jesus telling his followers to love those that hate them and to pray for those who persecute them. Later on, Jesus would command his followers to go out and train everyone that they met, far and near, in this way of life, and instruct them in the practice of all that he had commanded them. And Jesus promised to be with them, and us, day after day, right up to the end of the age. So we begin to see that while we are promised God's healing, that promise does not stop with us. We have been entrusted with the responsibility to foster that healing among everyone that we meet. We began today by reading about Jesus inviting a tax collector named Matthew to come and follow him. Matthew got up and followed him and became one of his inner circle, despite the criticism of the religious establishment. God used men and women like Matthew to build the first generation of the Christian church. It might seem like an unusual start, but it's actually really good news. As imperfect as people like Matthew were, and as imperfect as we are, God continues to work through us to mend our wounds and the wounds of all those who suffer. Let's pray. God of the prophets and apostles, your Son commissioned the twelve disciples to proclaim good news. Send us into your world to proclaim your kingdom, to heal the sick, resist evil, and bring the exile home. In the name of Christ who calls us all. Amen. <laughs>